Well, good day to you. If you were looking for the bass voices of Pastor Mike, you got the wrong guy today. My name is John Flint. I'm a retired pastor, a tenor, as a matter of fact. So you get the little higher voices there, but a, a good friend of Pastor Mike's, and I praise God for that. And he has asked me and invited me to come and talk to you on this Pentecost Sunday. So listen, as I trust God's spirit speaks through all of us to each other. It's Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. And although the name Pentecost is Greek, Jerusalem is loaded with good Jews who have come to celebrate the Feast of Harvest. What a perfect time for something special to happen. And it did. The Holy Spirit came down upon the disciples and they became alive in Christ. Peter held a revival that saw in one day almost 3,000 people who accepted Jesus Christ as their savior. There aren't many people that can say that. Billy Graham might be the only one in my mind that, that might be able to claim that in this day and age. But I believe we probably spend too much time talking about Pentecost, not realizing that what happened that day wasn't the cause, but rather the effect. The cause happened 10 days earlier, just before Jesus was taken up to heaven. Jesus had been with his disciples about 40 days, sharing with them about what was to come. But on the 40th day after the resurrection, the day we now call the day of ascension, Jesus gave his disciples their marching orders, his business plan for the church, if you will, in modern talk. You'll find it in Acts, the first chapter, verses 4 through 9. Let me read it to you. I read from the New International Version where Luke in Acts says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but to know the times and dates you will receive, but, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid, hid him from their sight. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And so the disciples waited in, in Jerusalem 10 days. And on, on Pentecost, what Jesus had said would happen, happened. And now filled with the Holy Spirit, they were ready to spread the good news. First in Jerusalem, where we know 3,000 at least were saved. And then, empowered by the Holy Spirit, they moved on first to Judea the outlying area around Jerusalem, which is what that is, and then Samaria, kind of a half-breed territory, if you will, just to the north of them, and then on to the rest of the world. Now, that sounds good, except for one thing. See, in that time, God's had geographic or political boundaries. This business plan was way out in left field, but the disciples believed and undertook to do it. Well, enough of 2,000 years ago. Let's jump forward with me today, if you will. Pentecost, 2020. 
in the middle of a pandemic. How does this scripture apply to us? Today is nothing like then. Certainly they're different, but they have something in common. See, the people of the time were under attack. In Jesus' day, it was the Romans who had their foot on their neck. Today, it's a virus that attacks us. So today, everything is closed down. What should we, uh, what are we doing now? Well, it's been almost two months now since the world came to a sudden stop and everyone ran for their house. Coronavirus was upon us and we needed to take cover and protect ourselves. But how do we know this? What, what is this virus? What, where did it come from? What's its purpose? All good questions with multiple answers, very dependent on your background and walk in life. Now, if you're a politician, this is certainly a means of getting airtime and explaining what's happening throughout the world. Even as the world has no single standard or reporting system, so we tell it our way so as to support our political position in life. Now, if you're a businessman, it may be a way of promoting goodwill or supporting your political system or maybe even making a quick buck if you survive it all, either through your sales or through your pol political contacts. If you're an educator, it's a time of great change as electronics takes the forefront and many families with young children begin to learn the importance of the teacher. If you're a military person, it's more of the same for even as the world shuts down, the need for military protection heightens and life must go on. If you're a medical person, life comes overrunning to you to, to fix itself, a situation that is seemingly enabled by some, ignored by others, and overwhelming to still others. Oh, I could go on and on, but I think the average person can gather that there's no one answer to what this pandemic is all about. So what does the church say about a pandemic? Huh. Well, you talk about words that the church uses. Who knows what a pandemic is? Well, what are the church, what's the church doing in this period? Maybe that will tell us. Most churches have closed their physical doors and are working at being the church without a building. They're seeing that people's physical needs are taken care of. They offer worship and prayer experiences electronically and stay in contact with their flock. They encourage everyone to continue their giving to the church so that the staff can be paid. And now they're planning on how to reopen the buildings and get back to normal, whatever that is. But is that what their theological, oops, if you'll, if you'll let me, their God talk direction is supposed to be? And what background do we find in the Bible? Well, the Old and New Testaments both are, have passages that might help us understand where we should be in times like this. Exodus, the second book in the Old Testament, tells of 10 plagues that God brought down on the Egyptians because they wouldn't let the Israelites leave and go home. Now, you can argue what it means that God brought down, but far more important is that God used the plagues, which for the most part were things nature allows, to get the Egyptian pharaoh's attention. The miracle isn't so much the type of plague as much as it is the timing of the plagues. There is no doubt at the end of the 10th plague, all the Egyptians knew who had the power. God, the one true God. Hmm. Could this pandemic be a way that God is trying to get our attention? 
Certainly God's not really that kind of God. Well, I must tell you, I don't believe God developed coronavirus and, and thrust it upon the world, but I do believe he's the most positive opportunist that you'll ever see as he uses it for good if we'll follow him. So could it be that it means that we're like the Egyptians, huh? Needing to move our focus to God? And then there's Acts chapter 1, verse 8 from our scripture today that says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That means that the church's task isn't just taking care of themselves, but taking care of all kinds of people. Some like us and many that don't think like we do. But it's not enough just to send money or write notes. We must be about witnessing. Oh, that's a dirty word. I mean, we, we have to tell people about Jesus? Can't I just do things? Well, I think God has brought us a great opportunity to share the good news of his presence in his world. There's a whole bunch of people out there that are, are confused and, and very vulnerable, perhaps for the first time because of what's going on. But to do that, we have to do our part. We have to be the messenger. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and is bursting with power, if you'll but accept it. It's amazing in these days how, how easy it is to slip in a few words about how God, through Jesus Christ, is present in our lives and the lives of others. People today are willing to listen, if we're willing to say it. But are we brave enough to be a part of the revival that God has laid at our feet? I haven't heard a single church organization saying that God is trying to get their attention and come to Jesus Christ. Does he have your attention? Or do we need another plague after this? Now, I'm not asking you to stand on the corner and preach. Besides, you'd all have to be six feet away from each other. But I'm asking if you're willing to get outside of your comfort zone just a bit. Just a little bit. You know, the Apostle Peter wasn't a public speaker. He was an unlearned, upcountry fisherman. But the Spirit gave him the words and the actions. Let me give you a few examples from today, if you, if you will, right now. Some of them about me and some other things, too. It was last Easter Sunday, just a few weeks ago, our choir had been preparing to sing a cantata during the season. Well, at least until the virus came. We, we were almost prepared. Brandon Coase, our music director, had done a, an amazing, wonderful job preparing us. My wife, Sylvia, got the wise idea of asking our neighbors in our neighborhood, some many miles away from here, to come near our backyard and listen to us sing the cantata. I even conned the Hanselwitzes into singing with us. We got a boombox, and the four of us joined with the practice choir that sings on the CD, thank heaven, and sang the 35-minute cantata to 15 people, some who stopped as they were walking down the street just to listen. I'm still having people stop me to thank me for making their Easter memorable. And I tell them, it wasn't us. It was the one we were singing about that caused it to happen. I walk in our neighborhood each morning to get the exercise I need to fight the Parkinson's disease I have. 
And as I meet people on my walk and we pass each other, instead of saying, have a nice day or stay safe, I've decided I'm going to say, God bless you. No, it's not much. But some are now saying back to me, God bless you. In return, I say, he has. Well, except for this morning when I met this guy who, when I said, God bless you, he kind of snickered, looked down and said, yeah. But he's the one that may have needed to hear it the worst. God does bless us. Now, I may wind up being called the God bless you man in the neighborhood, but what's so wrong with that? But it's not about me. It's about Jesus and his Holy Spirit. For instance, what about an unnamed pastoral couple that made the choice of giving up a year of retirement to continue to serve God's church? Hmm. I've been listening for a year with this guy telling me that he's getting out of his fishing pole and he's never going to another meeting and all those other things that we all have. Can you believe that they did that? Could the Holy Spirit have just been pushing them so hard that there was nothing else they could do? Or how about a couple in their 50s giving up the freedom they're supposed to have when they're all by themselves and taking custody of their special needs granddaughter? A little one, 30, 40 pounds, 10 years old, can't talk, isn't housebroken, any of those things. Hmm. Who, who in their right mind would do that? Or what about the single parent with children bound in the house for 24-7? How in the world can anyone do that and have any sanity left without the Holy Spirit's help to keep them moving? Only with the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Or a couple, a young couple, one of which comes from a foster parent background, decides to become foster parents. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, doesn't he understand what it's like? Yes, he does. And that's why he does it, because somebody else brought him to Jesus. And because of that, he wants to help others do the same thing. Or the housemaid who becomes a caregiver for their loved one, even when it's inconvenient. Or the person who spends much of their day calling and talking with others to give them encouragement and let them know that they're loved, not only by the caller, but by God. You know, this Holy Spirit thing is, is wild. He's a wild one. Isn't that the way it should be for us, every one of us? Not right in our safety zone and our, everything looks nice, but just outside, lift in there just a little bit. Now, there are all kinds of ways you can reach, but most of them for us aren't in our comfort zone. Jesus wants us to grow and to grow, you have to get outside of that comfort zone. But you have to be willing to trust in God and to risk and know that if people reject what happens, they're not rejecting the messenger. They're rejecting the message. I realize that what I'm saying is not popular in this day and age as a means of drawing people to Christ and the church. We've given in to society. Let's put on a show. No. The only show that needs to happen happened 2,000 years ago when a young Jewish man named Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins. Our sins, collectively. But it doesn't stop there. Three days later, the show continued when this Jesus came through death to eternal life. In so doing, gave you that same opportunity. Doesn't quit there either because 
He sent his Holy Spirit back to be with each of us for all our lives that we might be able to tell others the good news of what God has done for his world. But are we willing to share that with others? What are we doing? No, 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 no. What are you doing? Lord, help us not to walk away just having heard somebody talk to us. Let us walk away knowing you have talked to each of us. And in so doing, you have encouraged us, not threatened us, not berated us, but encouraged us to go out into the world just as your disciples did on that Pentecost day so many years ago. It's not over, Lord. You've given us the time to do it too. Thank you for this time, Lord, where you have once again turned bad into good if we'll but accept what you've given to us. For we pray this all in the name of the precious Jesus Christ. Amen.